Turn in your Bible to the book of Philippians, please. The book of Philippians. And we're concluding our series, Finding Biblical Focus for Your Future. And we've been looking in the book of Philippians. And it has it's a real book that really is inspiring uh, to, uh, to think about when we think about our future. Because Paul the Apostle said, I'm forgetting what lies behind and I'm reaching a forward to what lies ahead. And so we're excited about the future. How many of you are excited about the future? Say amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm excited about the future. How about you? <laughs> Some of you don't believe that. You're just trying. Okay. So uh, with that in mind, let me show you our scripture of the year that we're, this all lo- lines up and blends together. It's about the favor of God. Let's read it together. Psalm 102, verse 13. Everyone out loud and proud. Here we go. For you will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. Now let's stop. Let's read it again. But in place of Zion, let's put church on the rock north. Can you do that? Here we go. Everybody together. For you will arise and have mercy on church on the rock north. For the time to favor her, yes, the set time has come. Now, let's read it again. You put your name in there, all right? Or you could put mine. Oh, you want favor too. Okay, so let's put our name in there. For you will arise and have mercy on Sam. For the time to favor her, yes, the set time has come. I said the time to favor her. I should have said him, right? Okay, I think God understands. In fact, let's just lift our hands and thank God for his favor. Lord, we thank you for the favor of God coming upon our church and upon our families uh, and upon our, our ministries, our jobs, our businesses, our checkbook and every area of our life. And everybody said, amen. Whoo, there you go. Well, hey, here's what we've been talking about from Philippians. The biblical focal points from Philippians uh, for for our future to get us moving in the right direction. And let me just say, before I even rehearse where we've been, God has a plan for your life. You are not a mistake. Everyone say, I'm not a mistake. Everybody say, I'm not an accident. You're a person with a plan. God has a purpose for your life. He really does. And even some of us who think we're a mistake, we're not a mistake. God God doesn't make mistakes. Tell somebody around you, God doesn't make mistakes. In fact, I told Sissy Spacek this one time. I said, you're you. You know who Sissy Spacek is, don't you? Coal miner's daughter or Carrie. I told her one time, she's from Quitman. I told her one time, I said, you're you. And you're wonderful because God don't make no junk. Amen. Everybody say, I'm me. And I'm wonderful because God don't make no junk. That's terrible English, but good preaching. And we, God has a plan for us. And so that's where we've been today. We conclude that. But let me tell you the focal points. There's seven of them that we, the six which we've gone over and the last one we'll hit today. The first one was the focal point of the family of God. I'm telling you, when you read Philippians, you're going to discover, man, Paul, his heart was focused upon the family of God and he loved the family of God. He was connected to the family of God. He ministered to the family of God. He served the family of God. He laid down his life, if you will, for the family. Family of God. He chose earth over heaven because of his love for the family of God. Everybody say the family of God. 
I'm telling you, we need to refocus and recalibrate our life uh, and realize that the church is just not, shouldn't be just one of many options. It should be one of the primary hubs of focus in our life to keep us grounded and rooted and moving in the right direction. Amen. And so that's, that's so important. Number two was the focal point of finances. And we talked about developing a biblical mindset about money. And that's what we're doing on Sunday mornings with uh, the blessed life and Robert Morris. That's what we're doing by, uh, allowing you the opportunity to sign up for, uh, the Financial Peace University to get our finances straight. I'm telling you, uh, if the church would get their finances straight, we could make a huge difference in the world. Amen. What if we just took half of our money that we're paying to, to MasterCard and, and Visa and, and Coles and anybody else want to shout one of them devil cards out? Uh, you know, uh, if we just took that money that we're paying to them and we're able to give it to the kingdom of God. Wow. It's an amazing thing. The focal point of finances. Then we talked about the focal point of faithfulness. Not only faithfulness of God, but faithfulness to God and His church, of course, and faithfulness to the gospel. Most of you know, if you don't know that Billy Graham's in heaven today, you've had your head under a rock for the last few days. I'm telling you, never has there been a man that I know of in our generation who was more faithful to the gospel of Jesus Christ than Billy Graham. And he inspires me. He inspired me. You know what? I don't know, sadly, some, sadly in people's passing, their, their life becomes more of an inspiration, uh, for us. We should, we should allow them to inspire us while they're, while they're here. But I guess we were just used to it. And so what a difference he's made in the world and what an inspiration he's been. Probably no man alive in our day has done more for the advancement of the kingdom of God and people being born again than Billy Graham. In fact, anyone here today, uh, you're born again and serving God because you got born again at a Billy Graham crusade. Anybody here got saved through the ministry of Billy Graham? No one? Uh, that's surprising to me because most in every crowd, there's somebody. I know friends who are in ministry today because of the ministry of Billy Graham. Uh, and so he was faithful to the gospel. And that's what that, ter- that point was all about, being faithful to what got us here. How many of you know you're here today, if you're a Christian, you're here today because of the power of the gospel? Amen. And so uh, we've got to be faithful to that which brought us to this place and it'd be an advancement in the, uh, uh, in the kingdom of God. And so we're going to talk about that more in the, in, in the month of uh, March, but uh, that was the focal point of faithfulness. And then we talked about the focal point of fruitfulness. Paul talked to, talked to the Philippians about being fruitful. He said, he said being filled, he prayed for them that they would be filled with the fruits of righteousness and they're being rightly related to God and rightly serving God. And, and so I believe, in fact, Jesus said, uh, uh, in John 15, that being fruitful is paramount to being a disciple. If you're going to be a disciple, you got to bear much fruit. We're going to talk about that in the month of March as well. 
And then we talked about the focal point of focus. Now, uh, Paul uh, taught us some great insight about uh, developing a right thought process. You read through Philippians and how whatever we think about is our focus. And we've got to get our focus right and develop healthy mindsets for a hope-filled future. Do you know anyone that doesn't have hope in their life? They just, seem, they, just uh, they just feel hopeless and helpless in life. And listen, if we ever get drugged down that uh, wormhole, we're in serious trouble. As God's listen, if you're going to make it into your future and, and find God's plan, you got to get focused on the right things and begin to realize, man, hey, forget about the past. Somebody say, forget about it. And that brings us into the one, the, the focal point of last week. It's the focal point of forgetfulness. Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things that are ahead. One of the biggest hangups to your future is your past. I got, I got my elder here said that's right. Nobody, I'm going to try that again just in case y'all fell asleep on me. One of the biggest hangups to your future is your past. And we got to forget about it. Somebody say, forget about it. That was last Sunday. And so that's where we've been for the last six weeks. And, and listen to me. If you've missed some of these, these are not just, I'm telling you, I believe God. Somebody say amen. I believe God gave this to me to give to you to help you move into your new year with great success and, and find a biblical focal points and, and focus for your future to get you on track to do the will of God and find favor from God. Amen. Let me finish today. Here it is, the final one. The focal point of a fearless faith. Everyone say fearless faith. In fact, let me just say that's kind of a redundant statement because if you're walking in faith, you're fearless. There's no such thing as a fearful faith. So I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of umping the ante, up in the ante a little bit about your faith, the focal point of a fearless faith. Let me give you the biblical foundation for it from Philippians. Open up your book, your Bible to Philippians one. Look what he says in verse 12. And then a few verses later, he says, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. Now, if you don't know what's happened to him, he's been thrown in prison because of the gospel. That which he told us to be faithful to put him in prison. And so he's in prison. He said, you know what? It's actually turned out uh, for the furtherance of the gospel. How many of you know God doesn't mind putting you in prison if the gospel expands in the prison? Some of you, in fact, you think you're in the wrong place doing the, and you just feel like God's punishing you. It might be your prison to help you get to a place where you'll be productive for the gospel's sake. And so he said, hey, this is all turning out uh, for the advancement of the gospel so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard. In other words, he's preaching the gospel in the prison and to, and to the rest, all the rest, that's all the other prisoners, that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren, now catch this, this is the verse that I'd love to be able to say about me and you. He says this, and most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains are much more bold to speak the word without what? That's what I love to be able to say about me and you and about our church. Most of us are much more bold to speak the word without fear, meaning that if you're without fear, you know what? When fear is gone, faith is there. In fact, if you, if you're a fearful person, you've got to, you've got to embrace the gift of faith in your life to cast out 
fear and love and all those things that, that, that help us live a faith-filled, fearless life. And so, in fact, let me just say this. I want to read you another scripture. Our faith determines our future. You think, well, I thought it was already predetermined. Well, God has predetermined us. But listen, if you choose not to trust him in the place where you're supposed to trust him, it undermines God's purpose and plan for your life. And so we've got to have faith. Everybody say, you've got to have faith. Look at Philippians 1, 27 through 30. Look what he says. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the what? Faith of the gospel. Listen, that's a big phrase right there. You see, the good news takes faith. In fact, we're born again because we have faith. He's given it to us as a gift. For by grace, God's unmerited favor, you're saved through what? Faith. And that is the what? It's a gift of God. God has given us a gift of faith, but we've, it's endowed, but it certainly must be developed. And he said, he's talking about your conduct and striving together for the faith of the gospel. And then look what he, he links up to this faith of the gospel and not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation. And that is from God. For to you, it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. Somebody say amen. And so we'll stop there, but, but it's very clear to me that Paul the apostle in the beginning of this letter, he, he's commending the church, but also challenging to the church to live a life of fearless faith. That in the process of life and then the embracing of the gift of faith in our life and walking by faith, uh, we've got to uh, allow that into our lives in greater measure and embrace the walk of faith so that fear goes out the door. Somebody say another amen. And so that's what I believe we need to focus on. In fact, our future, if, listen, our future depends upon the faith that we, uh, we appropriate and apply in our life. Are you with me? In fact, think about this when, it, when you think about your future. John 3.16. Let's say it out loud together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have what? Did you see, did you see that? Faith gets you into eternity. Whoever believes on me, trusts in, relies upon and clings to me, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And so our faith has a whole lot to do with our destiny. It has everything to do with our destiny. If you're going to be victorious, you've got to have faith. In fact, hey, a fearless faith is the foundation stone of Christianity. It's what we build our lives upon. It's how we live and move and have our being. Just quickly, let me give you some bullet, bullet points about us and the faith that God, we're saved, as I said, by, by the, by grace through faith. We're justified by faith. Romans 5.1, just as if I'd never sinned. I love that. We walk by faith, the Bible says. We live by faith. In fact, Hebrews 12 says that, that uh, many times we die in faith. And 1 John chapter 2, I think, says we are victorious 
by faith. Every, everyone say by faith. And so it's imperative. If you and I are going to move into the destiny of God for our life, if we're going to have a biblical mindset and focus for our future, we've got to embrace this walk of faith. We've got to, we've got to undergird and, and establish the faith that God has given us because a fearless faith should be the foundation of our being and thus the focal point of our future. I'm going to say that again. Here it is. Our, our, our faith, our fearless faith should be the foundation of our being and thus the focal point of our future. That's how you get there is by faith. Somebody say by faith. Give somebody a fist bump so we get there by faith. Boom. Come on. Give some, come on. Boom. Come on. Boom. Boom. We get there by faith. In fact, that's what Hebrews 10, 11, and 12 are all about. In fact, that Hebrews 11 is what we call the faith chapter, but you, you gotta really give it a little more context and, and, and you read Hebrews 10, 11, and 12, uh, it's all about our future. In fact, that first part of 12, it says, we look unto Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross to, uh, and, and, and because he understood that he, he, even though he died and was buried, rose again, he had a future and eternity. Amen. A fearless faith should be the foundation of our being and the focal point of our future. Say amen. Here's another thought. Our God-ordained future will only be realized if we embrace the God-given gift of a fearless faith. Read that with me out loud, everybody together. Here we go. Our God-ordained future will only be realized if we embrace the God-given gift of a fearless faith. Read it again. Our God-ordained future will only be realized if we embrace the God-given gift of a fearless faith. And he's allotted unto everyone, the Bible says, a measure of faith. Amen. With that in mind. That's the kind of the intro. That's lay, I just laid you a foundation. Now I'm going to just give you some insight. I want to give you from Philippians some, what I see some good and godly examples and expressions of a fearless faith in action. And here it is. Let me just lay it out for you. As you embrace this faith that God has given unto us, uh, you've got to, it's got to become made manifest. And if you embrace it, this is how it will be made manifest in your life. The first one is this. It will be made manifest by way of faith to speak. Everyone say faith to speak. That's the scripture I just gave you a few moments ago in chapter 1 verse 14. And, and, and most of the brethren are much more bold. Everyone say much more bold. Much more bold to speak the word without fear. And could I tell you today, we need this kind of faith in our life more so than ever before. A faith to speak, a faith to testify, a faith to declare, a faith that, that knows that God's word will not return void and that people are born again because they hear the word and believe the word. Everyone say, hear the word and believe the word. And then they follow after God in their life. And so, listen, the reason you're born again, faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. And so if you're going to put your trust in Christ, as John 3.16 says, you got to hear the gospel. That's what Billy Graham was all about. He just kept preaching the gospel, preaching the gospel, preaching the gospel. And he was declaring the gospel. He had faith to speak. And today, millions of people, and I believe even today, millions more will be born 
born again through his ministry and his influence than even after he's in heaven. Everyone say faith to speak. And in this hour and in our future, the church needs people more so than ever who have much more boldness. Everybody say much more boldness. Much more boldness to speak the word without fear without intimidation, without reservation. Speak the word because people are born again when they hear the word of God. Amen. Amen. In fact, if you're not sure you're going to heaven today, let me just tell you, here's the gospel that we preach. Jesus died on Calvary's cross. He paid a great price for our sin. He shed his blood to pay for the sins of all humanity. He was three days in a borrowed tomb and the third day he rose again. So that we too might have newness of life. That's the gospel that we preach. The Bible says if you will hear the gospel and believe the gospel and confess the gospel, you will be saved. Somebody say amen. Amen. But it takes someone. In in fact, Romans 10 says, how are they going to hear in whom they've not heard? And how are they going to hear without a preacher? And that's not me. That's you. That's everybody. A proclaimer. God give us faith to speak. Let us so focus on trusting you that we have a newfound faith to speak the gospel, the good news. Another one is a faithfulness and a faith to serve. Listen, this is so important. In fact, if you look in Philippians 1.25, you see Paul's heart being confident of this. That's his faith. I know that I shall remain and continue with you for all your, for, for your progress and joy of faith and and joy of life and joy of faith. What's he saying here? I want to go to heaven, but I'm going to stay here. I'm going to keep serving you. I've got faith to stay and faith to serve you for your future and for your destiny. We need that in the church more so than ever before. In fact, Paul uses Jesus as an example. Philippians 2.17, uh, he talks about Jesus and, and then he says, Yes, and if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. And so he says, listen, Jesus came to serve. You read it there in the first part of chapter 2. And he laid down his life and he served and he sacrificed and he gave of himself. Listen, one of the biggest uh, and I believe uh, 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 powerful expressions of our faith is not just to sit in the pew and say, amen, I believe, but to get up out of the pew and get in to the nursery, get somewhere, get out in the field, harvest field, and begin to serve God. Amen. Because you trust and know God. That's what Paul said. I'm here to serve. It's a faith to speak, a faith to serve. And number three, I don't, don't shout me down, but a faith to suffer. Somebody say suffer. Most Pentecostals don't like to claim suffering. I'm blessed and highly favored. Amen. Yes, we are. How many of you believe Paul was a blessed man? How many of you believe Jesus was a blessed man? How many, of you, how many of you believe they did the will of God in their life? How many of you know that they suffered in the process? There's suffering that we go through. 
Sometimes it's a test. Sometimes it's something uh, for, there's, there's reasons for that. But look what Paul said in, in, in chapter one, verse 28 and 29. He said not, that we should not in any way be terrified by our adversaries. And then he says in verse 29, for to you it has been granted. In other words, here God's granting something to us. How many of you like it when God gives you something? Amen. How many of you like grants? So man, I'm telling you, I'm just granting. That's something free. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. You just, hey, he's just giving it to you. I, he said he's granting to you. For you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him and have faith, but to what? Suffer for his sake. I knew y'all just shout me down right there. Ooh, I just love it. How I many just love suffering? Amen. Oh, yeah. No gluttons for punishment here. But listen, understand something. In the world, there is trouble and suffering. That's what faith is all about. To get us through those times. Amen. And this is a, this is an expression of fearless faith. And if you had time and studied and went through the life of Paul, you know, he suffered, but he stayed strong. In fact, remember, he's in prison. And he looked at this as God's plan for him, for the expansion of the kingdom of God. God uses suffering sometimes for his glory. In fact, gosh, there's a lot here I could say. John 16, says this. Jesus said, in the world you shall have tribulation. That's pressure points, suffering points, troublesome points. In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Everybody smile. We're going to talk about that in a minute too. For I have overcome the world. In fact, you write this verse down. First Peter, well, you know what? I'm, I'm, for some reason, I'm feeling in a hurry. I'm slowing it down. Everybody just say, slow it down, pastor. I'm going to go over here to first Peter and I'm just going to slow it down to everybody take a breath. All right. In fact, I, if I can find Peter, it may be all day. There he is. He, he's hiding behind James. First Peter chapter two, verse 20. He says this. For what credit is it when you are beaten for your faults? You take it patiently. But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable to God. Did you catch that? It's commendable to God. That's an amazing thought when it comes to suffering. Verse 20, look over in 419, look what he says. Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. Man, if I just expounded on that thought, it says you commend yourself to God. That means you put your self, your, yourself into the hands. I'm, you've heard this, uh, Lord, I commend unto you my spirit. You know, if that's the thought, I'm just giving it to you. I'm trusting you. He said in the middle of this suffering that it is according to the will of God, commit their souls to him and doing good as to a faithful creator. You see, if we're walking in faith, it will lead us to the place where we boldly speak. It'll lead us to the place where we faithfully serve. It'll lead us and the expression of our faith will lead us through, if you, if necessary, and most of the times it's necessary, a place of suffering. 
And it may be according to the will of God and for whatever. How many of you know sometimes you go through things, you don't know why you're going through them, but on the other side of them, you look back and say, you know what, somehow God had a plan. That's what Paul was saying in prison. He was suffering. Let me tell you something. It wasn't a holiday inn where he was hanging out. It wasn't even, it wasn't even, uh, gosh, what is it downtown? The, the homeless shelter. It was prison. And prison in Paul's day was not like these prisons down the highway right here. They didn't have, Paul didn't have the internet or TV or three square meals a day. He was suffering according to the will of God, no doubt. So it's the faith to suffer. And then linked to it, of course, that, that we see, if you go back over to Philippians, it's faith to sacrifice. Somebody say sacrifice. And he uses Jesus as the example here. Philippians, uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 8. Let this mind or attitude or thought process or mindset be in you, which is also in Christ, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of men, and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The end of that is great, but listen, the middle of it is full of sacrifice and pain. In fact, that's what Paul references uh, just a few verses later when he says, he says, yes, and if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I'm glad and rejoice with you all. Listen, faith will lead you to the place of sacrifice. Faith doesn't lead you to the place of abundance always where you have no reason or need to trust him. Faith does not bail you out of issues. Faith leads you through the issue. Somebody, whoo. The only thing that bails you out is from hell. Faith will bail you out of your destination, hell. Are you with me? Say amen. But in this life, faith will lead you through the valley, through the storm, through the trouble. Through the sorrow, through the affliction, through the question marks of life, to the place of your eternal destiny. Somebody say amen. So we gotta embrace this faith. Faith to speak, faith to serve, faith to suffer, faith to sacrifice. And number five, faith to shine. Everybody, everybody say this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. Listen, in 2018, we need the light to shine. Everybody's looking at the darkness and go, ooh, the darkness. Ooh, and, and we've seen some terrible darkness. Florida uh, 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 shooting in the high, terrible darkness. People say, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? Listen, we live in a dark world. We live in a sin-filled world. We live in a demonically inspired world. And, and, and everybody wants to, why did God allow this to happen? Let me tell you something, sin let it happen. And we need to shine. Everybody say shine. Let me show this verse to you. It says this, verse 15, that you may become blameless and harmless, 
children of God. So all the children of God say amen. Without fault. And catch this. In the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Among whom. Now catch this. We are in the middle of the world. We are, we are not of the world, but we're in the world, Jesus said. He says we're living in the midst. We're children of God uh, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. Holding fast the word of life. Hey, where does faith come from? It comes from the word of life. And we shine because we have faith and confidence in what God says about who we are and what he has for us to do. It's time to shine the light. Man, I'm telling you, uh, uh, a few, I don't know, I, I don't even know if I read it, but it was in reference to Billy Graham, but Kathy Lee Gifford got on TV and she shined the light. And probably some believers criticized her. Well, we didn't see them up there shining the light. Amen. We need more people to shine the light. Thank you. Everybody shine, say, this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. We got to get up every morning and say, you know what? I have faith to shine today. I don't, I don't care what I'm going through. I don't care what, what crooked and perverse things I'm in the middle of, around me and, and the, and the trouble around me and the, and the sorrow around me. I'm going to shine a light in the middle of a dark and a crooked world. Jesus said this in Matthew 5 14, his first recorded sermon. He said, you, everyone say that means me. He said, I'm trying to sound like Billy Graham. You, <laughs> you are the light of the world. Amen. In fact, you know what I was thinking today about Billy Graham? I was thinking we need to pray that his evangelistic fervor would not die out but explode in throughout the world and, 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 and fall on us. Let the anointing that came on Billy Graham to be upon all of us on the church. And let our light shine. Paul said this in Ephesians 5 eight, For you were once darkness... But now you are the light of the world. Walk as children of light. We've got to, our, listen, understand something. If you say you have faith, if we say we have faith and we trust God and we are not shining our light, it, hey, listen, I would go back to, the, to it, whether we truly are trusting God in our life or truly have trusted God in our life. Because when we're born again, we have a new light and a new life. It's faith to shine. Number six faith to stand. And this certainly blends in with a lot we've said, but look in chapter 4 of Philippians verse 1. Therefore, my beloved, now I love this, how he talks about these people. Now, you got to catch this. Uh, he talks nice about them, and I believe he's talked, therefore, my beloved and longed for brethren, my joy and crown, so stand fast. That's a faith statement. Stand fast. In the Lord. Everybody say, stand fast. In the Lord, beloved. It's faith to stand. In the face of adversity. In fact, if you went over to Ephesians chapter 6 about the armor of God, Paul says this when he says, put on the whole armor of God. He says this, and having done all to stand, stand therefore. You know why most people don't stand? They haven't done all to stand. They haven't done what it takes to stand. And a huge part of that is, is trusting God in the middle of the circumstances of life. 
faith to stand, especially in the midst of adversity. And finally today, and I love this one. Some of my guests that came in, I, I saw this all over them. It's a, it's faith to smile. Everybody goes, what do you mean? I just use that word because it's an S word. But if you go through all of Philippians, what do you see Paul doing in jail? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Everybody say rejoice. Now, you can't hardly say that word frowning. Rejoice. It just doesn't work. And a rejoicing believer is a faith-filled believer. Now, understand something. Here's the context. We don't rejoice because of something. We rejoice because of someone. Somebody tweet that for goodness sake. That just popped out. That's not in my notes. We don't rejoice because of something. A lot of, hey, and you know what? If you won the lottery tomorrow, you'd be going, rejoice in the Lord. You'd be rejoicing because of something. Listen, if we will transform that in rejo- to rejoicing because of someone, that's him, that's him, then you know what? The something may follow. But it's an act of faith. We're rejo- he said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And when you get that, let me tell you something. You're not going to look like you've been baptized in pickle juice. You're going to look like you're happy. You're going to be smiling. I see some people coming to the church. They got this big frown on their face and they, and when they pray, they look like they're having some, you know, doctoral procedure or something. Just, you know, like this hurts to, to love God. It hurts. Oh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know about you, but man, when I get in the presence of God, it doesn't hurt. It makes me happy and I smile. And it's time. Hey, if you want to move into the destiny of God for your life, you're not going to get it with a frown on your face and a burden that just gets you down in the dumps, digging around in the basement and, and getting depressed and sad and sorry all your life. Paul's in prison, for goodness sake, and you couldn't shut him up and you couldn't keep the smile off his face. Amen. Our future depends on our faith. I'm talking about tomorrow. That's your future. I'm talking about March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. Happy New Year. It's by faith. Fearless faith. Tenacious faith. It's a gift. It's been endowed to all. It's, God has allotted to everyone. Somebody say everyone. A measure of faith. It's a gift. Kind of reminds me of the story of the little fellow back in the days before airplanes and He wanted to go to America. And the only way to get there was through a ship and you had to buy a ticket. And he thought to himself, man, and he saved up his money and he bought a ticket, but he didn't have anything else. And he got on the ship and he thought, I don't have anything else. So he went way down in the bowels of the ship. He'd hide out and, 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 and when supper time came, he didn't have any money for 
supper and breakfast, no money for supper, and he was eating little crackers and things. And about a weekend, somebody found him eating his crackers and said, aren't you going to supper? He said, no, I don't have enough money. All the money I had was for the ticket. The man says, sir, do you not understand? When you bought the ticket, it's all-inclusive. All your meals are supplied. A lot of believers live like that. They, they get born again and they don't realize, man, it's all-inclusive. We just got to trust Him. Are you with me? Say amen. Our faith determines our future. How many of you want to arrive at the destiny of God for your life. We're going to do so by faith. Let's stand together. Father, today as we stand in your presence, we stand in faith. Today, Lord, God, let this word, let the word of the Lord build faith in our hearts. Lord, let us, God, uh, just embrace this, this faith, this fearless faith in our life. And as we complete this series about finding biblical focus for our future, I pray, God, we would embrace the word of the Lord. We would embrace the focal point of the family of God, the focal point of finances, the focal point of being faithful to the gospel, the focal point of fruitfulness the focal point of, of our focus and our mindsets and the focal point of forgiveness and then this focal point of fearless faith. We thank you for faith today. And Lord, we choose to walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to pray for you today. If you're here today and you've never really put your trust in God. You've never really chosen to trust Him. And appropriate what He did for you on the cross. And if I ask you today to your face and I ask you this question. Do you know for sure that if you died today you would go to heaven. In other words, if you have no confidence today in your eternity, or if there's a question mark in your life, today I want to pray with you, I want to pray for you, and I want to lead you in a prayer. And if that's you today, and you can say, Pastor, I just don't know that if I died today, I'd go to heaven. And today I want to know that I know that I know Him. I want to put my trust and confidence in Him and what He did for me on the cross. If that's you today, wherever you are, just lift your hand. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If that's you today, and you, you just say, Pastor, I want to know for sure that Jesus lives in my heart, that I belong to him and he belongs to me and I'm his child. If that's you, lift your hand wherever you are. I want to pray for you. Anyone here today? If you're here today and you can say, Pastor, I believe that I've, 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 I've been born again, but I know I've not been trusting him in my life. I've not been walking by faith. And today I want to come home to him and put my trust in him again and, and re, and lean into his, his provision over my life and just trust him for the, my future. If that's you, lift your hand wherever you are. I want to pray for you today that God would give you grace. Amen. 
Father, today as we stand in this place, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that the gospel of God has provided us a way of escape and a way of being born again into your kingdom. And Lord, I thank you that it is by faith that you have given us. I thank you for the gift of faith today. I thank you for our future today, that you have given us a future and a hope, Lord God. And we believe that today and we trust you, Lord God, that you're going to lead us through the process, whether it's hard, whether it's suffering and sacrifice. Lord. God, we'll do it with a smile on our faith face and we'll sing the song of the Lord and we'll not hang our harps on the willow tree, but Lord, we'll worship you, Lord, and give you all the glory until we see Jesus again. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Now, before we leave, let me say this. God is up to something. Everybody say, God is up to something. God is up to something. Here's what he's up to. He's drawing people by his spirit. Not only to him, but to his church family. God is up to something. Listen, you know what God is doing in some people's lives that you know right now that you're concerned about? He's drawing them to himself. He's drawing them to the church. All we have to do is be willing participants of what God is up to. Everybody say, God's up to something. And he may be drawing you to this church. You may have heard the voice of God today and believe this is where God wants you to plug in and get involved and begin to grow at the close of this service. Jim, lift your hand right there. You, Jim and Trish, they'll pray for you. They'll, they'll lead you and, and give you information, especially if you believe God is leading you to this house. If you've heard the voice within the voice, in other words, in this old bow-legged, uh, chubby preacher, you heard God speaking to you and directing you this way, you just be obedient to God and step out and say, I believe God is leading me to Church on the Rock North to plug in and get involved and they'll do the rest and we'll welcome you into the family of faith. And everybody said, amen. Well, let's give the Lord some praise and thank him for the word of the Lord. Father, we thank you for the word of the Lord today.